0: Good to, good to jump into this next series, it's, uh, or this next sermon as we continue our series from the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, it, it, I, was, I was telling Adam as we were talking here earlier, like uh, the, this sermon and this, uh, this, this sermon that Jesus taught and uh, this specific part of it as we're getting ready to talk about praying, uh, today's title today's message is When We Pray, has um, got me a little bit, just kind of wigged out about praying, honestly. It felt kind of strange just now praying. I'm like, uh, and, and many of you may be this way, or you might not, but you wonder, am I doing it right? Uh, have I, am I praying right? Am I saying the right things? Am I doing the right things? Um, and, and how should I start it? How should I end it? And, and maybe you're a new Christian, and you, you really don't know how to pray. Things are just happening, and you're trying to talk to God um, and and to be honest with you, probably in that stage, once we get through this, you'll see that that's probably the best place to be, um, because uh, we're going to find prayer is not about how much you know, how much scripture you know, what you what you can recite, and and uh, and 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 how well you can perform in your prayer, uh, in public prayer. Uh, it's not about any of that. And so, if you've ever wondered, you know. How should I pray? Who should I pray to? How should I start it? How should I end it? What should I talk about? What should I do in my prayer? That's where we're at uh, today. I've had my prayer life, my prayer life over my Christian life. Uh, you know, it ebbs and flows. Just to be honest with you, there are times, man. I, I just, uh, uh, I, it's a daily walk with God. I can, I'm talking to Him in every situation. Honestly, probably some of my most memorable times with God have been in the car. Uh, when I was alone, uh, I wasn't bowed in a in a church. I wasn't you know I wasn't necessarily alone in a closet at home. Uh, I was not up in front of everyone sharing a public prayer. Uh, it was the times when I was the most honest with maybe myself and God, and just broke completely down and said, uh, and many times it, I. I I can remember driving into Pikeville, and if you if you know Pikeville, Kentucky, it, you drive in. You take if you're coming from the north, you take exit uh, 23, the second Pikeville exit, and coming around that overpass. And uh, there's many times as my office is downtown uh, that I'll be driving into town, and uh, in the quiet of the morning before the day has started. Uh, and I just get overwhelmed by what God is doing because I remember uh, so many things uh, in, in my life as taking that exit. I can remember the first time when I was a senior in high school and I discovered there was a downtown Pikeville and coming around that overpass and driving down be like, what is Hambly Boulevard and where am I and what is this place? Uh, to being a student at the University of Pikeville coming from McGoffin County or Sayersville, uh, to not knowing what was next and to think as i can sit here in this building and now god's allowing me to pastor a church on main street in downtown pikeville uh, and work in an office in downtown pikeville and be uh and work with the university and do all these different things and i just see i see god's power and his providence in such an amazing way and it just uh it 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 typically it it just i just get overwhelmed and i surrender and i say god i've not done anything you've done all this and Uh, I don't know what to do next I'm like you I'm I'm no different than you I don't I'm always asking well what's next what do you have next for me and I can remember different prayer times in my life uh, when I've been seeking that out like what God what's your will in my life Uh, I can remember times when our children were sick and we've gone to him uh, just in a, a time of desperation, and, and and God, we need you to heal. We, we need your presence uh, here in this time, in this situation. Uh, I can remember times of I've prayed during, when I was scared. I remember times I've prayed when I was happy. Um, and, and there's times I go days without praying. Well, really? The pastor goes days without praying? Well, here's what I'm learning as I'm studying this is that, uh, that sometimes we pray words, and we do it because we're checking off a box to be religious. And we know, oh, I should pray when I get up. Oh, I should pray before I go to bed. Oh, I sh- should pray before my meal and bless the food. Uh, and we, we check a box. We say words. Um, and I don't know about you, but sometimes my mind wanders. Sometimes I'm just doing that because I know I should be doing it. Jesus teaches here that prayer is so much deeper than that. Prayer is so much deeper than that. Let me share what Jesus says about prayer. In Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start reading in verse 5. It says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this verse because if you remember, uh, let's see, it's three weeks ago, not last week, not the week before that was Easter. The week before that, we did a sermon called Not For Show where we took really the, uh, through verse 18 of Matthew chapter 6 and we looked at Three things Jesus said, listen, don't be, don't be praying, don't be fasting, don't be giving to the needy just for show. This is not a performance. And this is, again, what he's talking about. He says that's what the hypocrites do. The hypocrites want to look righteous. They want to look good. They want to look like they can pray. Um, and he says, just, he says, don't be like that. Don't, don't stand in the synagogues and just pray as loud as you can. Uh, and put on a performance. And this is what they did. The Pharisees did. That's uh, what, um, at, at the time of Jesus, It's what was happening. Uh, the Pharisees were seeing themselves as very righteous, and they would pray prayers. If you remember, I think it's in Luke chapter 18, the Pharisee, the, the, and compared to the publican, or the tax collector, and the Pharisee was up saying, I'm so thankful that I'm not a bad person, that I'm not a thief, that I'm not like that old tax collector over there. God, I'm so thankful that I tithe every week and that I give. And he, and he was spending his prayer time talking about himself. And we're going to see that's not what Jesus teaches. Um, and then the tax collector says, God, have mercy on me. And Jesus says, which of these is the right way to pray? So he starts out just by telling his disciples in the middle of this sermon. says, like, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't just pray for show. Uh, he said that those people actually have already received their reward in full. Uh, and so we're going to move on from that verse. I spend a lot of time there. But then we're going to go into really three directives he gives on how to pray. Um, and we're going to take those and uh, see, see where God takes us. One, uh, here in verse 6, it says, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And I want to to sit here in a minute. So step one uh, in this lesson that Jesus teaching it says, "Go in your room." And uh, this is not necessarily a uh, it's not a it's not a hard and fast rule. It said we shouldn't pray in public because I just did that right. And and actually Jesus prays in public many times during his ministry. And the early church made prayer part of every worship service. Uh, where there was there was someone praying in front of the entire group, and that's not what Jesus was teaching here. He was really just he was really getting right at the Pharisees uh, of, of the time, and they were likely some of them there listening uh, at the time. The, uh, so it was a jab to them, saying, "You know what? You know what? The, they're all goody goody goody. They think they're all good and powerful, and, and sometimes they won't even let you in." Uh, and he was telling these fishermen, the ruddy fishermen, the, these, the disciples, the people, the misfits that was following Jesus, the people who had been healed, the people that were from the bad part of town. They were from Capernaum and Nazareth, and they weren't from Jerusalem. And Jesus was saying, you know what? You can go into your room, and with sincerity and with your heart, you can talk to God, your Father, And you're going to get way more done like that than they are out putting on a show. See, the Pharisees did it for an audience. And the audience were people that was listening. And prayer should always have one person in mind. It's a conversation with God. It's not a time to brag about how good we are and how much God has blessed us in front of others. Uh, It's a time to have direct communication with God. So he says, go into your room, and I think that's a good, good, good direction, a good kind of uh, pause to say, you know what? Uh, there is uh, important time we should spend alone with God. Uh, I think it's more of a reminder figuratively to say, hey, focus on your relationship with the Father. Focus on your communication directly to Him. Uh, and so he says, go in your room, close the door, and pray to your Father. Uh, and then I love this, uh, this next part. Uh, and this is a, the NIV translation. If you read the King James Version and New King James Version, it's going to be a little bit different. We're we'll going to talk about that in a minute. Um, but here's what Jesus says, uh, the way the NIV put it. And um, if you go back to the Greek word, I think this is a, a fair enough way to, uh, to, to translate it. Um, New King James Version, I think, is, cr- is correct, too. Uh, but it says, And when you pray... Do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your not father knows what you need before you ask him. This one blows my mind, right? This verse should blow your mind. Um, because as he says, and when you pray, don't keep on babbling. So if you go to the King James, it says, you know, don't have vain repetitions. And so I found one Jewish prayer from the time that it had 10 to 12 sentences. And they all started uh, with blessed be he who, blessed be he who, blessed be he who, all truth in there. But we find some things here as he tells us um, that we kind of get it at, at risk of. Um, and he says don't babble. He says don't have these vain repa." Because there's potential to fill your prayer with meaningless or thoughtless words just to fill the void. And it became a tradition that the Jews at the time had memorized just prayer after prayer and scripture after scripture. And they prayed the same thing every day. And it was from, it was from memory and it was the same words uh, and it was the same blessings. All those blessings were full of truth and the, many of them were anchored in the Old Testament and God's word. Uh, but Jesus was teaching us something new here about prayer. Prayer wasn't going to be like it had always been. So, how do we get into this danger of vain repetition? There's several different uh, several different ways. One is uh, a memorized prayer, uh, which uh, I'm not saying is a bad thing. But if you can imagine every time uh, that you know Jesus gives us this template that we're going to get to here in a minute. Um, If we just started out and we said, All right, I'm going to pray every day in every prayer we ever prayed, and we said, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Right? On earth as it is in heaven. If we just said that, if we just recited that prayer every day, it becomes a checkbox. God's going to teach us things through this template, through this pattern that he teaches. Jesus is going to teach us through this pattern he uses in what we call the Lord's Prayer to work out our own prayer. So, uh, a memorized prayer, uh, and you know, I've got these, we got these. God is good, God is great. Thank you, Lord, for this food. Uh, some people have memorized, I obviously don't, can't remember it. Um, now, lay me down to sleep. There's the nighttime prayer that we memorize. And it's not that it's a bad thing to teach our children this. We did it with Rosie, uh, but we got to be careful teaching them that just reciting something they memorized is prayer. Because God, as Jesus says, it's deeper than that. It's bigger than that. Because um, here's what can happen: you can repeat those prayers with your lips, but God is not looking for lip service. He is looking for your heart. He is looking for your heart. And that's going to be the key thing to prayer as we work through this. Um, Second potential thing is a written out prayer. A lot of people have a prayer journal. I think that's great. Write out a prayer. Um, Think through it. Use scripture in it. I got this book that I love um, that's called, I think it's, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of it. I don't love it that much. Um, uh, Persistent prayer or prayers for every occasion. And it's just this great, very well written out. You can look at an occasion in your life. You can look it up in the index. And you go and somebody's written this little, uh, you know, this this prayer that's anchored in scripture and truth. Um, And so I'll read it just to get, oh, look at those scriptures that apply to this situation in my life. Um, and so I'll read it to God and I'll read it and meditate. And then I'll just say, and then I'll just talk to God. I'll just talk to him about it. Um, a ritual prayer, uh, formal worship. Sometimes we feel like if we're getting up to pray in front of other people, it's got to sound, it's got to have the right tone of voice and it's got to have the right words and all these theologically, theological, theological truths in them. And it's got to be, it's got to be big and it's got to be impressive. and We're going to be prepared. And God says, nope, I just want your heart. That's it. That's all I want you to do. Is to give me and show me uh, your heart. Uh, habitual references to God—we see this sometimes in prayer. We're Lord God this, Lord God that, Lord God. If you say Lord God in front of every sentence, then it's not special. Then it's just saying it as part of a habit of your sentence that you're saying. When we say Lord God, when we say Our Father, it shouldn't mean like it should be like. This is the creator of the planets. This is the creator of life. This is the one who formed me in the womb before he knew me. This is the one who ordained my days before me. This is the one who has chosen me, who has loved me. And When we say, Lord God, it should mean something. It should be impactful in our heart and in our life. So he's given us two really directives. One, go in your room, make this this direct between you and God. And two, don't babble. It doesn't matter how long it is, it doesn't matter how many big words you say. Uh, Don't fill it up with empty stuff and things you've memorized, and you're just reciting. Don't fill it up with emptiness. Let me ask you something. If you were going to go talk with your best friend, if you were going to have a... a real conversation with your your spouse or a a family member. Let's take your spouse, for example. You're going to go talk to them. In conversation. My spouse, how are you today? Do you start talking like that? No, you say, hey, honey, I love you. Jesus says, when you go to your Father, just saying that speaks to this relationship that is true and deeper than you can imagine. It just says, Our Father in heaven. We find that we just have conversation. We don't babble. We don't fill up with empty words so we can fill time. I'm just going to say whatever to, to my spouse and my best friend in this conversation. No, you get right down to the nitty-gritty to the broken stuff that you're feeling, uh, the, the challenges you're having in life and just admitting you don't have it all together. Uh, those are the depth of the conversations that God wants to have. With you. And he he sums it up with why. And many times we go to God looking to change uh, our circumstances. Uh, Right? We're thinking, God, we want you uh, to change this circumstance in my life. And uh, yet, God is wanting to do something big here. Because this is what he does through prayer. You're wanting circumstances to change. You, you're wanting things to get better. You're wanting you want things to be healed. You want, you're, you're wanting new, a new job. You're wanting a bill paid. You're wanting something. Uh, and, and God says, and through prayer, he changes the way you see your circumstances. This is the beauty of prayer. This is, you're wanting to change your circumstance. God's wanting to change your heart. And this is the beauty of the prayer that we're getting to right here with Jesus is we're going to look at the words he gave us. And this is what we call the Lord's Prayer. But sometimes you want God to change your circumstances. You're begging God to change your circumstances. You're mad he hasn't changed your circumstances. And yet in your heart, in his, in his sincere will for you, what he wants you to do is see your circumstances differently. And we're going to see how Jesus lays this out in his prayer. Jesus says, this then is how you pray. Oh, wait, before we get into that, look at this last part of verse 8. When you're going to God and you're asking Him to change circumstances, tell Him what you need in your life, and I need this and I need that, God, I gotta have this, I gotta have that, I I I gotta have a husband, I gotta have a, I gotta have a wife, I gotta have at least two more kids, I gotta have a better job than this, I gotta have, I gotta have better health, I gotta have before I'm gonna be happy. I need these things in my life. Now listen, I'm not saying we shouldn't go to God with a request because we should, but there's a balance here that we're going to talk about in a minute. Because, Listen to what it says. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. (laughs) I mean, how much better does it get than that? Yeah, we can make our requests known, but it's got to be balanced with, God, I trust your will in this. How did Jesus pray in the garden before He was to be arrested? Father, I know, uh, Father, if if you can let this cup pass before me, that's what I want. But nevertheless, your will, not mine. Sometimes we get messed up in our prayers and we're just begging for this, this, and this, and we don't follow it up with. But if I don't get it, I know I got Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, that says your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So I think I need this. Imagine if we just let our kids come to us and tell us what they needed in life. Yeah, sometimes we listen. I mean Rosie sometimes, you know, she wanted chickens and we got chickens. She wanted a pony. We're not getting a pony. If she had everything she thought she needed in life, a new bike, a a new pony, a new game system, a new, I mean, it's just, and and she needs uh, Doritos for every meal, and she needs juice for every meal, and she wants a pop every time she gets a chance. And if you imagine, if just every need that we thought we ever had, and if you think you've never prayed for a selfish need, we have. Your father knows what we our father knows what we need before we even ask him. Do you think I'm waiting for Rosie to come tell me what she needs in her life to take care of her and make sure she gets through life and becomes a a, a successful adult and by that I mean I'm not paying her bills. <laughs> do you think I'm waiting for her to come tell me what what I should do and what what she needs? I'm listening, I'm learning about her, I love her. I've had plans for her since before she was born. I've been making preparations. I've been caring about what her future is. She doesn't even know what college is and we've taken her to college campuses and she's been on them. She didn't know she needs that. This is how Jesus is teaching. Our Father cares about you and he cares about me. And he knows what we need before we even ask him. Let's look at this. The actual prayer. This then is how you should pray. I want you to look at this first half of the prayer. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We find when he says, Our Father, it's a moment, it's a time. Of surrender this prayer is not about what we can get God to do for us this prayer is not about uh, what what uh, how God can change our circumstances this is not this prayer is not for us the religious checkbox to put on our list of things to memorize and say and do line by line it's a reminder Line by line, saying these words, when your heart is in it, you understand why you're saying it, is a reminder of some important things in your life that you need to hear. First one, our Father. Says you've got a, a real relationship with this person. And when we say our, it says we are part of God's family. That you and I, together as believers in Christ, we can say our Father is in heaven. It says, holy is your name. Not holy is my name. It says holy is your name. Our Father, I'm looking up to you as the leader. It says holy is your name. I'm not righteous. I'm not holy. I'm not perfect. Holy is your name. It says your kingdom come. That's a tough one because when we get out of our prayer practice and we get out of relationship with Christ, first thing we start trying to do is set up our own kingdom. (laughs) This is Jared's territory. Now, this is Jared's life. This is my kingdom. I got a plan. I got goals. I got things I want to get done, places I want to go, things I want to accomplish, goals for my life. I'm in charge. I'm deciding day to day what I'm going to do. When things are when when I see good things in my life, it's because I worked hard for it. No, 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 no. He's saying, when you pray to your Father, you say these words, you be reminded that your kingdom come. He's in control. I'm not in control. God is in control. Says your will be done. This is a reminder to us. God, as we pour our hearts out to you. I have things that I want, but right here in the middle of this prayer that Jesus is teaching, it says, at the end of the day, the real prayer that we should be praying is that God's will be done. And this is a step of obedience saying, you know what? Not only do I want it to be done, I want to be a part of it. Give me something to do. Give give me some way to serve and love and give. And be a part of your will on this planet that we found out two weeks ago is unstoppable. I want to be a part of an unstoppable move of God. Not my will, but yours. And it says on earth as it is in heaven. The second half of the prayer. I want you to look at all these verbs. It says, give us today our daily bread. It's really easy to become confident that we're our own provider, that you've earned a paycheck, you've bought the groceries, you've paid the mortgage payment, and it's really easy to get confident in that place and yet this is a reminder this is not just to say oh i'm only going to trust god to feed me tomorrow this is a reminder that today he fed you he formed you in the womb what did you have to do with yourself being created (laughs) What do you have to do with this world being created? What do we have to do with the things that were wired in our DNA and the skills and the talents and the abilities uh, that we have to go out and earn a paycheck? What did we do about that? Can we take credit for that? No. He says, give us this day, today, our daily bread. Uh, God takes care of us a day at a time. Let's just remember today, God, you fed me. You fed me. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Who's doing all this? Not us. This is God. This is the Father. Give us today our daily bread. He provides. He's forgiven our sins the curse that we were bound to because of sin in our life, He has forgiven that. You've been saving up all your good works your whole life and you still can't pay off that debt. Yet He with grace and mercy erases it away and makes you righteousness before God when you profess faith in Him. All you gotta do is believe in Him and He gives you a clean slate. And it says, and lead us not into temptation. He's our leader. He's our guide. David said you lead me beside the still waters. You want to be led into safety, follow the good shepherd, follow Jesus, follow the Father. And deliver us, he's our protector, he's our defender, he helps us stand against the evil one. Now there's a in the King James version there's a second half of verse 13. Uh, That says, and thine is the power and the glory forever, amen. Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time there. I'll just say early original manuscripts don't have that, uh, those words in them. The later ones, it was added. Um, And even in the New King James Version, you'll see a bullet and say, this is not included in every manuscript. Um, I don't think there's anything completely, it's not, uh, obviously, it's not, uh, it's not, uh, against any doctrine or what we believe, for thine is the power and the glory and forever. Amen. It's a good verse. It's a good line. It's true. Um, but that's the reason it's not in here is because it wasn't in the very, very original, oldest Greek manuscripts that we have of this original text. That will lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I want to say, just as an observation, as we get ready to apply this uh, to our life, um that God is looking uh like we said not for empty words or lip service but he's looking for your heart he's looking for sincerity and a, and a passion and a, and a, and a desire for fellowship with him um and so where does that where does that come from you'll find most times if you're like me the most passionate you've been about about prayer is in times of need when someone was was sometimes uh, deathly ill, some or people that were were sick or you struggled with something uh, for so long, and those are the times that we get so passionate about prayer. But if we truly have a heart and our heart's been, uh, been, been, been been made new in Christ, and we love him and thank him for everything he's done for us. We should be passionate every day to get to talk with him, to get to have a communication with him, to get to just say God, uh, today has been a bad one, it's been rough, I'll just be honest, but I love you, but today's been hard, uh, I've doubted myself, I've messed things up, God, please forgive me for those ways I've stumbled, um, and God, but I love you, and I thank you, and here's what's going on at work, so and so, I mean, tell them, share the whole story, have fellowship with them. So how to prevent empty prayers? How do we keep from getting in the spot to where we're just saying words? And you've been there, uh, and I've been there. Um, and typically what will what'll, what'll bring on an empty prayer sometimes will be, this, this, uh, will be sin in your life. There will be things. It's not that like, oh, accidentally today I accidentally did one thing. I was selfish. <laughs> no, the, 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 but, but things that become habitual sin in your life that you're not dealing with that you're feeling convicted of, that, that let me tell you, every, every step of sin and imperfection in your life that goes unconfessed, that, that you don't bring before Christ, that, that, that you don't repent of and try to do better from, you know, God is so perfectly righteous that it starts to create this, uh, this distance between you. And so those things, you have to bring them before him, and you have to, and you, you can't just ask for forgiveness. You've got to step into it and say, because and, and, God has changed you on the inside, and you'll start feeling him. If you're living in those things, and, and you've given your heart to Christ, you'll start feeling, you, you'll feel him t- tugging on your heart and saying, this isn't right. This isn't right. You've got to do something about it. And you'll see that can create an empty prayer. The other thing I said, genuine heart, focus, a real desire to fellowship with them. And I want to tell you how to prepare your heart for those things. The best way to prepare your heart is God's Word. To study it yourself. Not just read it, but study it. Get a study Bible. Read about it online. To meditate on it, I love taking a passage of scripture and just spending time going over it in my head and thinking all the things I see here. God, I mean, it just blew my mind on this one. When I always saw the Lord's prayers, this thing that we memorize and we got to say it, and it's you know, uh, it's good. And when I realize, oh, it's all about me and changing my heart. It's about me realizing I'm not in charge. He is. I'm not. It's not my will that I want. It's his. It's I'm not in control. He is. I'm not providing. He's providing. Those things, when I was meditating on that, it was just hitting me one after another, and I was seeing it. And I I say, I'm not in control. I'm not in charge. But our Father, (laughs) your Father, my Father, our Father in heaven is. And we have real relationship with Him. And we have real opportunity to just talk with Him with sincerity so you want to prepare your heart God's word read it study it meditate on it listen to it preached listen to people teach on it listen to people sing songs who are anchored in biblical truth and you'll feel the spirit begin to just get inside of your heart and you just can't help but cry out to God and talk to him and communicate with him Let me say, as we get ready to wrap up, um, some of you, like I have many times, have been going to God and praying for Him to change your circumstances. I think we should go with that, with all confidence that, and boldness, as Hebrews chapter 4 says, that God can do those things. But we also have to come with the mindful and the truth followed up at the end of that, just like Jesus did in the garden. I say, but it's your will. And so he wants you not, sometimes he'll leave you in this season of waiting and unansweredness because he's wanting to see your circumstances differently. He's actually waiting for you to become content. He's waiting for you to trust. See, you've been praying for a new job. You've been praying for finances. You've been praying about the health diagnosis that you've gotten. You've been praying about a broken relationship. You've got anger that you've been harboring. You've been praying about resentment that you carry. You've been praying about anxiety and depression that you feel like you battle every single day. Uh, and, And you've been praying about Uh, How you how you move beyond depression? You want out of your life, uh, and and you've been you you're just stuck about somebody who abused you at one time, and you can't forgive them, uh, and 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 you just you just praying, or maybe you're just angry because your circumstances are so far out of control. They're so far gone that nothing can be done. And in this prayer, we're reminded that it's His kingdom. That it's his will, that he's the provider, that he's the protector. We're reminded that we live in a broken world and bad things happen. That's when sin entered it, death entered it, and nothing's perfect here. But you see, someday his kingdom will be set up. When he comes back, we'll enter heaven, all things will be perfect. And in this moment, he's wanting you to see your circumstances differently. I want to sum it up by saying prayer is about more than checking a box on the your religious checklist. If you've been doing it but not feeling it, then you've not been doing it. He's looking for one thing in prayer, one thing. Sums the whole thing up. Sincerity. Sincerity. You wanna change your circumstances. He wants to change your heart. When your heart changes, your circumstances look totally different. And you have confidence and you trust in His will. He appreciates persistent prayer when something's really on your heart. He teaches us that if we go with persistence, that He can grant it if it's a sincere prayer. But only if it's within His will. You've got to follow those two up. And you've got to trust regardless of the outcome. God, I trust your will over mine. Because you know my needs before I even ask. God, as I bow my head here, Lord, I'm not a great uh, example of how to pray with great words. God, I just want one thing. I want a church full of people whose hearts on fire and sincere in their prayer time with you. I want that for myself. I want more of that in my life to be consistently prepared in my heart to have an earnest conversation with you. God, I know through that you begin to reveal your will in our life. And we begin to see, uh, as Bethany and I were talking this week, We said there's times it felt like God didn't didn't audibly speak in our life, but there became things so clear. It became an undeniable truth in our life that we could both feel and confirm. And that only comes one way, and that is through sincere prayer to you. God, only you can give us that through our faith in you. God, I pray for many of those that are listening here today. God, this moment, we've laid your words before them. The very words of Jesus. God, our hearts are prepared more than ever to come to you right now in this moment. As we go to this song that says, I'll run to the Father. There's no better time. There's no better way. There's no other way to find peace in our life. Eternal peace salvation eternal life starts in you and it's anchored in you it starts with a heart changed through prayer we thank you amen
1: i've carried a burden I wasn't created to bury it alone I hear hid- Can't comprehend
0: My favorite line in that song is simple. Running to his arms is like running to life from death. Our heart needs a surgeon. You got that this morning. If you prayed a prayer this morning, if, you, if you've given things over to God this morning you've never given before, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know about it we got three right now that are going to need baptized when we finally get back together. God can do that right there in your living room right now. If if you're a Christian and, and this morning your eyes have been opened and you're inspired to pray, go pray with your family right now and being sincere and going to God you can feel it in your heart when it's sincere when it's real and sometimes when it hits me like that the most it's just tears it's just here I am oh my gosh overwhelmed by who you are but he's our father you can run to him again and again and again and again and we will Uh, I pray you find that time, that you find that sincerity, that you feel that tug on your heart this morning, you respond to it. Make a decision that will change your life forever. Um, So, I want to invite everybody uh, to join our New Beginnings Church community Facebook group. Uh, If you've not done that, go there, join, be a part of the conversation throughout the week where we spend time together as a a group. Um, Feel free to share this sermon and this series this morning um, share it with your friends and your, 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 your family. Uh, feel free to send it to people specifically if you know, man, they really need to hear it. Um, feel free to share that. Um, let's pray for one another. Uh, let's stick together. Keep helping one another. Be there for your neighbor. Uh, find out if somebody needs something, let us know. We'll do our best to meet all those needs, uh, and we're going to stick this out uh, uh, together in Christ. Um, let's do this this morning. When we pray, when we pray, God changes our heart. Can you leave it just there? Leave it there. We're not, uh, we're not God. We're not the king. We're not in charge. He is. When we get sincere and we get real, when we come back up, we're different. We're different. I pray you have a blessed week. Let's remember one another. Uh, take care of one another. And I'll just say this, God bless each and every one of you. I love you. I miss you. Can't wait to see you all again. Can't wait to see our new, uh, our, our new people that are going to be coming that I know are going to show up the first time we open these doors. We cannot wait to see all of you. Uh, let's stick this out. We'll do it together. I know it's not going to go much longer, and God's right in the middle of it. God bless.